This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Organizers of this conference for inviting me. I just want to, as I frequently speak to clinical audiences, I have to make my declaration of disclaimer. (laughs) I essentially... uh, I essentially work in borrowed space, use borrowed money, and I'm living on borrowed time. (laughs) Hence, I like as my theme Thomas Huxley's remark that scientists over 60 do more harm than good. (laughs) Now, I want to direct you to a traveling story. Skin is our major defense against uh, an onslaught of one of the strongest carcinogens that we experience, ultraviolet light. And some years ago, I was directed to this village in northern Guatemala, where the missionaries told us that the children had enormous amounts of skin cancer, and they were dying at 10 years of age. Now, commonly, you might think skin cancer as an older person's problem. These are dramatic examples of how, if we lose the genetic defense against sun exposure, cancer can be an enormously disastrous problem at the skin level. So they directed me to this village, and it had the phenotype of a disease that I had worked on for many years, xeroderma pigmentosum. It's normally a recessive disease. In the U.S. population, it occurs about one to four to per million of the population. 25% of the children had this disease. They lived under extreme uh, poverty, When we had a look at the patients, you could see the enormous sun damage over their face and the painful sunburns. When we brought cells back, you can see here and expose these cells to ultraviolet light in the lab, whereas a normal skin has excellent survival. Their cells were killed at very, very low doses of UV. So they had a genetic predisposition in which they could not handle sun exposure or solar exposure. We sequenced, and we found that they lacked what we call now the global genome repair pathway. The founder effect in this village was a mutation which which removed one cytosine from a gene we call XPC, which is one of the main damage recognition proteins in the skin. When we did a even though uh, staining of a section of the skin, the black staining here are indications of high expression of the XPC protein in the epidermis of normal skin. From the Guatemalan village, there is no expression of this gene. As a result, the cells fail to recognize DNA damage, and it goes on to develop into cancer. And I'll show you some of the uh, ramifications of this. Now, xeroderma pigmentosum, X- XP, is one of a family of sun-sensitive diseases involving different components of the nucleotide excision repair pathway. As an aside, I'd just like to mention that you may have seen that the um, Nobel Prize for Chemistry this year was given to Tom Lindau, uh, Aziz Sankar, and, uh, and the mismatch repair pathway Uh, for unraveling the biochemistry of this pathway. Now, 
Xeridoma pigmentosum is unique among the repair systems for solar UV in that they have very high cancer. These other diseases are also components of the same repair pathway, but they essentially are photosensitive but without skin cancer. And especially a disease here known as the UVS syndrome has acute sunburn but no neurological disorders, none of the developmental disorders that occur in cocaine syndrome, and a very mild version. So there's an extremely wide variation in the genetic response to sun exposure. Now, the main photoproducts caused by UV occur between the two adjacent pyrimidines in the DNA. The major photoproduct is the dimer, in which two covalent bonds are formed. An alternative photoproduct, the 6-4 photoproduct. Now, if you do not remove these photoproducts, either of these, if you don't remove them biochemically from the DNA, they can go on to interfere with DNA replication. And a cytosine in a TC photoproduct can deaminate, codes as an A, you know, codes as a T, and then opposite an A is placed. After two cycles of replication, a TC sequence becomes a TT. So a C to a T transition mutation in a TC sequence is an absolute fingerprint for UV exposure and a UV-induced mutation. Now, the excision repair pathway for UV damage has two major roots. If the, G- if the DNA is unexpressed, which is a large majority of, the, of our DNA, damage is recognized by a dedicated damage recognition protein of which XPC, the Guatemalan population, has a mutation. So they fail to recognize. An alternative mechanism by which damage is recognized is an arrested transcription. If cells can f- cannot recover from this, they have a disease called cocaine syndrome. And then these two pathways converge on an extensive remodeling system to repair the DNA. If we look more closely at the transcription process, there are two strands, the coding strand and the template strand. The template strand is the one on which is transcribed into RNA. The repair of these two strands is different. The XBC system repairs this strand. The transcribed strand is repaired by a complex of proteins that are associated with a transcription complex. The difference between these two strands have a major impact on carcinogenesis. First, if you look at repair in terms of the removal of a number of photoproducts with time, in a, rapidly, in a highly expressed gene like P53 or DHFR, the photoproducts are removed rapidly. In unexpressed or lower expressed genes, the photoproducts are removed to a much lower extent. So the rate of repair depends upon which strand the damage lies. We then collaborated recently with a group in Seattle, Larry Loeb and Kate Bayless, in which they used a high-throughput sequencing method to determine exactly what are the sequence changes in a UV-irradiated population. Now, those of, you, those of us who've worked in mammalian cell biology and tissue culture and mutagenesis realize that over the years, we've only had one or two genes that were capable of studying mutagenesis in culture because of the, number, the, the rarity of having a drug-selectable locus. With high-throughput sequencing, we can get by that completely. And so here is the result of measuring the mutation frequency in nucleotide changes per 10 to the 7th nucleotides, high-resolution sequencing, 
averaged over a large number of genes that are relevant for skin cancer. And you can see that in a wild-type normal cell, there's a low in increase in mutation as a function of dose. But in a XPC, such as we see in Guatemala Village, enormous increase in mutation rates, going up from 0.5 up to 5, a tenfold or more increase in mutation rates. We then decided, once we had that system working, we went back to, to Guatemala and with some help of a clinical service team that goes there from San Diego regularly to treat the patients and give them some clinical help, we brought back five squamous carcinomas from this population, sequenced three million single nucleotide mutations by exome sequencing, transition mutations were the majority in XPC, now since it was a small population size, we didn't concentrate on which genes were mutated, but we asked what is the frequency of mutations per kilobase across the whole genome? And ask what's the mutation density? When we do that, this is a very interesting situation to illustrate how the genome structure and function had a major impact on mutation rates. In a normal population, seen here, normal squamous carcinomas from a normal population, there is a protein in the histone that methylates a region and suppresses access for other enzymes. As a result, the mutation density is, goes up because those regions of the, of the chromatin are inaccessible to repair. As transcription increases across the genome, we find that this is, removes the repression, and as a result, mutation frequency declines. But still, if you compare the non-transcribed strand to the transcribed strand in the tumor, there are more mutations in the non-transcribed strand. When we move to the XPC tumors from the Guatemalan patients, we find no removal of mutagenic lesions right across the genome, irrespective of transcription level. But in the transcribed strand, very efficient removal. Now, this is a striking illustration of the fact that it, de it depends critically which strand of the DNA is damaged and which one gets repaired. If, you fail to, if the cells fail to repair the non-transcribed strand, mutation rate is very high when replication comes along there. On the other strand, the transcribed strand, it doesn't matter how well that's repaired in the Guatemalan population, because they can't repair the other strand, cancer is high. So that the repair of this transcribed strand can be very efficient, but it confers absolutely no protection against UV-induced mutations in carcinogenesis. Now, if we can turn to another response of the skin to ultraviolet exposure, sunburn, we often think, and it's established more or less, that the, uh, the risk for melanoma from the sun is related to how many sunburns you get. Well, in squamous carcinoma, there's a very different situation. This is the spectrum of xeroderma pigmentosum patients from sun exposure. You can have a patient with very high erythema and sunburn. You can have patients with freckling, patients that develop severe skin cancer. So you can have this range, and this is under genetic control. If you look, and this is data published recently from England, where they have they bring in all the XP patients from the country and treat them and follow them in one single location. And this was reported a couple of years ago. If you look at sunburn, 
versus which gene in the XB repair pathway is mutated. If you look at patients with mutations in XBC, XBE, or XBV, which are genes that code for proteins involved in the processing of DNA damage in the non-expressed regions of the genome. They get cancer, but they get no sunburn. However, if the genes are involved in repair and in transcription, sunburn is very high. If you now look at the probability of cancer and then look at patients that are involved, that in which the genes involved in transcription, cancer appears slowly over time. And the 50% onset is out in the, almost out as, as, far, as late as the normal population. If we look at XPC and E patients, which are involved in the repair of the non-transcribed regions and they don't get sunburn, the cancers are appearing more rapidly, with a 50% onset at about the age of 20. So that a, an acute sunburn in this disease is actually delays squamous carcinoma. It's the converse of what you get with melanoma. As an aside, it's interesting to me to note that the 50% onset here is in the early 20s. In American xeroderma patients, it occurs below the age of 10, which is reminiscent from my childhood that England is a pretty cloudy, damp, rainy place. <laughs> um, so let me just summarize. Xeroderma pigmentosum and related nucleotide repair diseases highlight mechanisms of sunburn and cancer. Repair is more rapid in more, in more highly expressed genes, presumably because an expressed gene has to open up the chromatin to allow transcription to work, whereupon repair can work. Now, de deficient repair of solar UV products in the non-transcribed strand and in unexpressed DNA is, results in a high mutation rate and cancer but deficient repair in the transcribed strand results in increased sunburn, cancer is delayed or not increased. And in fact, in cocaine syndrome, which is uniquely involved in repair of the transcribed strand, those patients with cocaine syndrome have severe developmental disorders, but as far as we know, they never get cancer. So my question that I leave you with is, can we increase repair in otherwise healthy persons to protect against skin cancer, including melanoma and other cancers? And alternatively, since the nucleotide excision repair pathway repairs UV-type damage, which is large modifications of DNA, very similar to what occurs when you use chemotherapy like cisplatins, since it's the same repair pathway, can we inhibit repair and then sensitize cancers to chemotherapy with very few side effects. So I leave you with that. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.